This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 477, brought to you by Scrib.com and iFanboy listeners just like you. She's a rebel, she's a saint, she's the salt of the earth and she's dangerous. She's a rebel, vigilante, missing link on the brink of the judgment. From Chicago to Toronto, she's the one that they call, oh, what's her name? She's a symbol of resistance and she's holding on my heart like a Hello and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 477. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and that's my co-host, John, John Flanagan, apparently. Oh my god. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Here I am, years I'm telling people, hey, you spell his name right, and you do that. I get that all the time on work emails, by the way. Like, I'll send something out in the right bag, like, hey, John, and I start checking. I'm like, you're not even reading it. Oh, uh, sorry. I don't know how that happened. Apparently you slept too much there, champ. Too much sleep will make me tired. Josh Flanagan. Hi. <laughs> we, <laughs> we are a fanboy. We like comics. And we're going to read a stack of comics. One of us picks their favorite book. We call that the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books, talk about some other stuff, maybe some listener mail. We try to have fun for you and for us. Try. We try. You know? sure. We'll try our best. <laughs> Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll probably be some spoilers, so exercise some caution. That's your warning. Josh. Yeah. Not John, but Josh had the pick of the week. Thank God, because you know what? That guy could not vamp like I can. <laughs> uh, pick of the week this week is Invisible Republic, number one, from Gabriel Hardman, Karina Becco, and colorist Jordan Boyd. You know, the, the, the Becco-Hardman uh, grouping, marriage creative consulting firm, I don't know that that's what they call it, they do uh, interesting work. And this was their first issue of a new image series. And, and it's funny because... You know, he actually, they've been doing a bunch of stuff for a while, but Gabe didn't come back to comics. He came back to comics uh, with a story that he and Karina did at Image, and then he went on and did all sorts of other things, Heathentown. And now they're back at Image uh, doing what Image does, which is new series. <laughs> Just endless new series. That's what we do. It's, it's our business. Three, four, five. Would you like a new series? <laughs> well, I was hoping you, you had something. Uh, uh, if you want something old, I got the walking dead. Other than that, I'm going to need to give you a new series. Yeah. In fact, I went in for a meeting there once, and would you like a new series? <laughs> would you care for a new series here's how it works you give us a new series and we give everyone else a new series i will tell you that this didn't i didn't finish it and immediately think oh there's your pick of the week mm -hmm. i read it and it was one of those things that throws you directly into the story it's going on there's not a ton of this is where we are this is what's happening it's it's camera on they're already going and it's a very I don't know what the setup is. There is a very different world, somewhat related to ours. And at the end of it, I was really interested. It felt very tonally similar to their Planet of the Apes stories. Yes, yes, definitely, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. And then so after I finished all my books and I sort of looked back and I was like, well, what, 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 what am I most, what do I most enjoy? What am I most hungry to see the next part of? And it's this, I want to know. I want the, the, the spotlight to be pulled back to see more of this world because by the end of it, I was like, that's, I don't know what this is. That's really interesting because it's it's, it seems like there's a lot of really big things happening in there, but it's being told in such a way that is really subtle. And I was impressed by that. Um, I also really like uh, word balloons that don't have outlines. That's, oh, that's, a, that's a thing. Well, these have very thick outlines. I think that's the flashback part. Okay. Then the rest of it doesn't. I think Gabe letters this himself. You know, I just, like, it's got, the whole thing has that sort of brownish color palette, 
and and it's sort of a post-apocalyptic sort of something, but but for, oh, here's 2048, 2843. So it's pretty far, but you know the world's kind of grim and and things are tough. Half-starved fish on the moon, like this is a ton. Of, like you know that they built all this world, and then they're showing us these little parts of it, and eventually this is going to come together to be a story. Right. So the the present day stuff is all about the uh, the fall of the government. Mm-hmm. You know, they keep referencing the fall of the Mallory regime. Yeah. And we're following a reporter who's trying to interview people about the fall of the regime. Where were you when the regime fell? No one wants to talk about it. And he discovers a pile of paper being used as kindling. And uh, what he discovers in the paper is a memoir from the uh, from a w- woman. And I don't know if you want to spoil the, the twist. I don't. Because it's, uh, I hope people pick it up. He yeah. finds a memoir that becomes very important to f- discovering the truth behind the regime that had just fallen. And so we see the flashbacks as he reads the memoir and we see what's happening. And then in the present day as he's freaking out over the story he's got in his hands, which is this, the secret of this of this ruling family. And uh, it, it was really fun. I really like, I mean, it's it, you're right. It's hard to p- sort of pin down where this, it's Avalon in the Olis system. It's a sci-fi book, so it's not taking place on Earth or anywhere we recognize as Earth. But we recognize the people, you recognize the struggles. This could have been, you know, taking place in the dark ages, people trying to scrounge for food and it's all very familiar, even if it's in a, it's in a fantastical sci-fi setting. But it's also a very grounded sci-fi setting, and nothing. And that's what I like. Yeah. And, and like that's the thing that I, it's really been. I've really been gravitating towards. Is that hard sci-fi? Is that what, what you call it, or is that the opposite? I don't remember. But that hard sci-fi is porno, right? Uh, no, I, so I like science fiction that is that is grounded in reality. As a big Star Wars fan, I'd like to say. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> No, but it's true. Like, if I'm reading something now, I, I really like stuff that is, even if it's far flung in the future, it's all sort of feels real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, there's not supernatural stuff, et cetera. And it was exactly the kind of thing I was, I was in the mood for. It, you know, like, it reminds me very much of uh, sort of the tone of, of uh, Lazarus or something like mm-hmm. that. Very I'm great. really into that right now. So when I read this, and, and we're going to talk about this later, but when you contrast it with the other number one from Image this week, there may be more. Chrononauts from, from Mark Miller and Sean Murphy, that was a very different kind of book. Mm-hmm. A science fiction book, but a totally different kind of... In the beginning, I was like, you know, this isn't far off from trade negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, in the past, I would have been like, oh, let's stay... You know what? I was kind of like, you know what? If, uh, if, if uh, Game Korean want to do trade negotiations, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit through that. I'm going to go through that. Because they, they, you know, they've proven themselves with it. And I just like that there's a very easy approach to storytelling. Where it's it's the, nothing's getting rammed down the throats, and you know the moments are going to come, but but we're going to live in here for a little while. And you, if you if you, you know, this takes a little bit of you kind of have to trust the storytellers. And if you don't know to do that, then it may not have the same uh, effect on you. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it uh, I thought it was a really good opening chapter, and I wanna I wanna see where it goes from there. It is a really nice companion book to Lazarus. It is mm-hmm. the more I look at it. Gabe's art style is already very similar to Michael yes. Lark's art style, so that helps in the feeling that the color palette's similar, sort of the, the browns and, and muted colors. It, those will be fun to read together. Yeah, and even the, like, even the cover, I mean... Like, it feels like an old sci-fi book. Well, I was going to say, like, what you're looking at there, there's big spaceships flying all over the place, there's blood, like, but it's a really subtle cover. This is not a scream-at-you cover. There's no bright colors, there's no, you know, it's largely black, even the blood... Red is, is sort of muted, mm-hmm. you know, in a way, you know, with everything sort of screaming to get my attention, I, I appreciate that. And, it, you know, it doesn't hurt. I absolutely love the way he draws. I just, 
I just, you know, like I, he's one of my favorite artists. I, I just like his approach to storytelling very much, um, and I really get into that. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm a fan, I suppose, which which is definitely making me biased. But, you know, if you were to say what's the next issue that you were going to read next week, I want to read the next issue of this. Which direction does the action go in this book? The action goes left to right, and the important things are put in front. Okay. Just that's the rule. Just making sure. There's a and there's there's bits at the end. They're gonna. Apparently, you can send them pictures of your pets or, or talk about your pets. They like pets, or they're going to put pictures of their pets. Something with pets. It's funny because those kids love animals. There's an essay in the back. There's a, you know, Gabe actually says at the end of it, he's like, you know, you can send me letters about the book or whatever, but you just want to talk process. That's cool. I would like that, <laughs> which I love. So he puts the next page as a process page. You see the script, you see the breakdowns, which he says are terrible. You see, you know, the scan and then the, the color, and you see, you know, like they got. Gabe talking about it. They got Karina talking about it. They have they have Jordan the colorist talking about it. I mean, this is it's, I, I'm guessing this is probably a bit of an enthusiast <laughs> sort uh, of book. Yeah, I think anyone who likes sci-fi, anyone who likes Lazarus, that, those kind of things should, mm-hmm. should check it out. I think it's, yeah. it's a really solid start, and it looks like there's gonna be a little bit of mystery, a little bit of politics, a little yeah. bit of action. I mean, there's a big old fight scene, and this is not 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 to. So you think it's just a lot of people saying, it's true. talking about trade negotiations for the whole uh, issue? This is a big old. Uh, brawl in the middle. That's very and you well don't see it coming. You're like, no. oh, these guys are... F- oh, no. Oh, he's very he's very capable at fighting and killing, it seems. Well, okay. you do if you flip through the book before you had read it, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, my, my, my thing with comics these days is partly out of necessity, but partly because I just want to retain something. I don't want to know anything about them. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm going to look at it if I don't know what it is and figure out whether I want to read it or not, but... I don't know what's coming. I don't read interviews about it. I don't read the solicit. I just, you know, I want to. I want to go into it fresh because mm-hmm. you don't get to do that about anything. So yeah, very good. It, it was it was a good book. The Private Eye number ten this week. This was the final issue of the ten part story from Brian K. Vaughn, Marcos Martin, Munsa Vicente. This is the Panel Syndicate's uh, initial uh, launch book that we were all over. At the time, though, I believe you are no longer reading it, right, Josh? I, I fell off, and then I just I'm behind. I'm gonna read it. I just haven't. I just uh, it's, well, it's, you've heard this story before with me. <laughs> you know, like I, I fell a little behind. I'll get to it. Like I'm just I'm finishing up Hitman now. It's only been a decade or so. Well, it's funny because there's like these ten issues are probably three a year. It's hard to keep up with that. I realize, but uh... it's because no, it's not that. It's because they fall outside of my routine. We've discussed this. Like, I have my comics that I grab, sort of, I do it all at one time, and if it doesn't happen there, then I just don't make time for it. Well, this was a great final issue. I'm this very was, busy. I'm good with people. There's a lot of uh, fantastic, big old panels in this one. I really, for me, the, this issue is all about Marcos Martin and Munsa Vincente's art. The big climax pretty much happened in the last issue. This was somewhat of a... Uh, wrap up. Although there was a big event that happened in it, um, we also time jump at the end to to a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold because I really am gonna read this. And I'm gonna read it soon. I'm gonna load it all. I'm traveling at the end of the month. I'm gonna load it all up and just sort of read it uh, as I go. There's a couple of giant full panel, full page panels here where you just sort of marvel at how talented Marcos Martinez. There's a great shot of the CNN helicopter flying through LA and it's canted angle and you can see way down the street and it's just you're just like Jesus man like this guy is crazy good and there's another shot of a giant rocket crashing into a building which uh, is just wonderful it was just this was a great looking book and I, I read this issue normally I read them on my iPad but this one came in 
during the day while I was working, so I got it on my desktop with my big work monitor, and I, and I loaded it full screen, and it just looks gorgeous like that. They really did a good job of, pl- of using their medium, mm-hmm. so the widescreen uh, that's meant for monitors and for, for tablets, and really... I would say they were, they were, like, completely, you know, uh, working with that medium. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, if they're not going to print it, if they're not going to, you know, whatever, they, they completely, you know, dived full force into that. And I'm going to miss Gramps. Well, yeah, he's. I I think about that character all the time. I'm really gonna miss Gramps. <laughs> I, I like. I, I, I like. I've described. I've tried to describe it to other people. You know, like, mm-hmm. like there's this character, in, which is really hard when they have no context. Right. Like he's like a person now, but old. He's, he's old, but he's got tattoos all over, and he was kind of like, like a millennial punk rock. I don't know what he was. I don't know. I don't. I don't even know what you call those people. But uh, I'm not using the H word. That's what I know. But good stuff, really great. And, and at it the end of the issue, well. there's a. Uh, it did end well. At the end of the issue, there's a essay uh, from Brian saying that he and Marcos Martin will be teaming up for another book through Panel Syndicates. Great, that's awesome. I uh, related to this is that the other day I, I, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get all of those issues of War Stories because I feel bad about this. And then I saw there was like six of them uh-huh. that I'm behind on. I thought, oh, this is gonna be a treat. But I told you you can skip the first three. I don't want to do that. All right. This is, this is, this is, I've, I've fully come, like, he's my favorite writer in comics. I get that, but the first three were probably the weakest of his war stories. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to read Crossed. No. <laughs> Got some lines. <laughs> come on. But this was great. Brad K. Vaughn looks at the world in a way that's really entertaining and fun. And mm-hmm. I'm glad, they, they say this is it for the characters. I'm glad, I'm, I don't want them to come back even though I love the world. I like that it's, it's, a, it's a thing that happened and we move on. You know, that's such a uncommon thing for comics to let things go but uh hopefully they, they do let this go and just let this story stand on its own so uh, i alluded to this before chrononauts number one from mark miller and sean gordon murphy mm-hmm. colors by matt hollingsworth and of course letters by chris eliopoulos this is the first issue of a very high concept rollicking sort of adventure sci-fi kind of thing and i'm going to tell you something mm-hmm. i got as far as the one, two, three, four, five. Six and seventh page. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, why doesn't Sean Murphy just do a Gettysburg book? <laughs> because I wasn't thinking about anything after that. <laughs> I was like, oh, look, there's, I'm literally, I was like, there's, uh, okay, there's Colonel Stewart. Uh, and there's, uh, there's Robert Lee. That's nice. And then I was looking at the picket, because picket's charge. Uh-huh. And I was like, that's, that guy wouldn't be in the tree. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but I want to see that. I love the concept of this book. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, if it was just we're going to put a, sp- a satellite and watch things happen uh, in the past as they occur in, in real time, mm-hmm. quote unquote, I didn't so much like the characters or the sort of execution of that story. Like, I, I, I don't know that I'm supposed to. They're bros in space, and uh, yeah, I think that's what, yeah, that's it. That's where yeah. the fun is going to come for me. I, I loved this issue. Uh, the fun yeah. is going to come. Well, one of them is less of an, uh, obnoxious than the other one. The I know, but the other one is so obnoxious that it really—I was like, okay, this is this is stretching my. It's it's this, it's it's a little of the old Mark Miller feeling. He skirted the edge of the line there, but I think hopefully what what, what you get from the story is that guy's learning to be less obnoxious as he's trapped in the past. And I and I I totally can see this as like you know it, it exists in a time and a place for. You know, an audience who's used to sort of different things and, 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 you know, or has different sensibilities. It's not necessarily bad. I was just like, oh, I need him to be quiet. Well, I mean, this, and, this book. And he got shot with an arrow, so hey. This book was sold as a film, and you can very easily see this as like sort of a, a Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson 
Vince Vaughn vehicle. I mean, it's kind of what it is. It's like two young, handsome guys time traveling, and yeah. one of them is motor mouth, obnoxious guy. So I'm sorry. Do they make movies where Channing Tatum isn't one of the leads? Well, that's what I was thinking too. Like, if you want, you know, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill type buddy comedy in space. I just know that if it's a movie, then it's probably going to have Channing Tatum in it. And apparently, Tommy Lee Jones is the security agent guard. <laughs> I did see that. He's a favorite amongst comic artists for for authority figures. Well, I need a I need a grim hard face. Oh, good. Th- this was fun. As we said, this is about two two guys who develop time travel technology. One first, it's a satellite that can record images, so they send it through the through space, and everybody at home's watching uh, Gettysburg happen on their TVs. And I loved that sequence where everyone it's sort of like watching the moon landings. You know, that you, everyone's mm-hmm. freaking out on their couch. And then a year and a half later, they develop suits to send themselves through through time, and it all goes haywire, of course, as they jump through the through the time hoop thing and. I liked that. I liked the ex-wife stuff. I liked, you know, that that one guy gets goes to the wrong place. The other guy jumps in to save him, even though he was obnoxious and kind of a dick. He sure he says, "Nope, I got to go save my buddy." And ends up in the middle of a battlefield and gets an arrow in him. And the art, I mean, that shot of the of the yeah. of the dude landing in the middle of the battle and the, all the horses charging at him with it was fantastic. I also thought that from a structure standpoint, Mark Miller showed a lot of. I mean, obviously, like he's good at this, but he showed a lot of prowess. And sort of just saying, here it goes. Mm-hmm. Like, he just threw us over the cliff right away. Right. Like, he gave you your setup for a little while. And, like, the moment that Quinn... <laughs> Rain of fire. Uh, the moment that <laughs> Quinn goes through the, um, you know, and they have a problem. Like, it's super fast. Like, it's not obvious that anything went wrong other than the sort of mustache you know, science guy was like, shit! You know, like I was like, wait, what did I did I miss something? What happened? Like I I don't even understand. And then you know it went really fast from there. This you notice like the old lady robbing the black guy. Yes, yes. that's that's delightfully subversive. <laughs> it's funny. I liked this book. I thought it was fun. I did notice it sort of skirted towards some of Miller's old tone, but I thought it held together pretty well. Yes, the characters are are who they are, but that's sort of for me part of the fun. And then. Uh, I like these sort of well-thought-out time travel stories. Yeah. The satellite through space recording events, I was like, well, fuck, that's an awesome idea. You know? I know. It really, it really was an amazing idea. And, and, and Sean Murphy draws a heck of a car, jet, Civil Everything. War battlefield. Yeah, he does. Well, the only, if I had any criticism of him is that that one dude with the sideburns and the chin, a lot of his guys look like that. Yeah, well, that's his face. But... Yeah, and that's faces. fine. Everybody's got like a version of their face, and I everybody has one. But yeah, he he did some real really nice work in here. The guy is not a, afraid to build up uh, a a scene a setting. You know, and, like, I, and I assume this is going to go about six issues. Yeah, which is what Miller's stuff tends to go, which is totally fine. Again, much like uh, Private Eye, I like that sort of getting the one story chunk and getting oh, yeah, a really, totally. really great trade with a beginning, middle, end of an end, and then and then uh, going up from here. I I was. Surprised to s- I wasn't necessarily this wasn't on my radar at all, but I was I, once I saw Sean Murphy and also Mark Miller now, mm-hmm. and I loved it. I really did. Yeah, yeah, it was good. They both came up really fast. I was expecting to, I was expecting both Chrononauts and Invisible Republic to be further away. I was like, oh, they're oh they're here. Cool. I wanted to talk about a little more uh, traditional Batman Superman number twenty. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, end of of this uh, Superman's Joker storyline. Right. I really liked this. Did you did you like this? Uh, it was okay. Okay. I didn't find myself drawn in very much. Okay. 
I was not thrilled so much by the reveal of the villain because I didn't really know who who he was. I'm trying to remember his name. Yeah, it was in- he was from an earlier arc, basically. But I, it's like one of those things where I really enjoyed the interaction between Batman and yeah, Superman. Yeah, that's the it's, best part. That was my favorite part of it. I thought that was really interesting. Zadu. The overall story, I didn't really get into. I did, again, Pac's greatest strength is his character stuff here. But yeah. the story was fine. I just I don't know that Superman needs a Joker. You know, he has his his Joker's Lex Luthor. Yeah, no, I know, but that's not what it was. And I, mean, I was, get that, but it's just like I don't think he needs that kind of villain. Not every- yeah, but even for, for just for just a storyline, I thought that's that was fine. really interesting. And there was a little bit at the end where let's see, what was it that um, who's the girl? Who's the girl? Who's the short haired, dark short, dark haired girl woman? Is that Lois? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's no, because she has like a battle suit on, and I forgot. And I know that what's her name's in the other one. I just didn't know if she was an alien. Girl or something. woman. Okay, so that's Lois. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Why is she wearing that suit? I don't know. I st- I changed to woman because girl sounded awful. And girl woman was an improvement. <laughs> Lois. So she says, "This is what Victor feels like with the Joker," and he's like, "You take what you can get." I just thought <laughs> that was really good. Like, what does what does Superman do now? Oh, maybe he wallows in anger and fear, obsessed with preparing for the next psychopath. Or maybe he steps out in the sunlight. And it's a, it was a, I was like, that was a really nice little bit of, of dialogue that sort mm-hmm. of describes the difference of them. Right. You know, and, and I, I, I don't necessarily consider it completely realistic, and that, I'm using that word in the wrong sense, that that's a thing that Batman would actually say to anybody. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think it's that he's got a circle of friends that he, he says a little bit more. Yeah, and I, I always like that. I like, I mean, I think that's the best part about Bruce and Clark as characters interacting with each other is that it's the only time where writers feel the ability to actually open them up at all to other mm-hmm. people outside of like grim monologuing. Right. Which is always nice. For me, you know, the thing about this book, the other thing is just that where we started out, uh, I really didn't, I, I really didn't like the Jay Lee stuff and the stuff that followed after it. I just, I wasn't enjoying it at all. And this was a, a, a little more, like, I was like, okay, just go with a little more Superman, Batman. So I miss the Jaylee art tremendously. I think the maybe part of the reason why I'm disinterested is I don't really respond to the art all that much. Okay, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Different people. Everybody's everybody's got their own thing. Don't Everyone like the way- has things. Don't. We all make choices. <laughs> Which that clip is not on the internet. <laughs> of of Trent. Uh, is it Trent? No, no, no. It's it's, it's Favre says it. Yeah. We all. Mikey. We, <laughs> we all so- make choices. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> Superman 39, if, this is the last issue of Jeff Johns' yeah. run on this. If you recall, in 38, Superman got a new suit. He lost his powers for 24 hours, and he revealed his identity to Jimmy Olsen. So he had a lot on his plate as issue 39 opens up. It's funny because also kind of hard to claim your Superman to your best friend if you don't have the powers to back it up when he asks you to fly and stuff. This was a one-shot story called 24 Hours in which we see Jimmy and Clark gallivant around town not having superpowers. And there was a really great, couple of great instances of, you know, Clark still being a hero. He catches a kid falling out of a tree, but then scrapes his arm up pretty badly and he's bleeding and really sort of destroys his shirt and jacket. I don't know how he ripped such a giant hole in it, but he did. And then there's a hostage situation that they all hear about at the Daily Planet because he's officially now back at the Daily Planet because blogging was stupid for him. And they run to it. There was a great scene where Clark shows up in his costume and walks up to the guy and basically talks him down with a gun pointed at his chest, you know, risking his life because he would have been killed if he'd been shot mm-hmm. in the chest. So 
one of those great what does it mean to be Superman moments is is not the powers but the man. And so it all revolves around that scene. And then at the very end, of course, his powers start to come back. So he's levitating a bit. And then, and then mm-hmm. uh, he and Jimmy have a burrito on the top of the Daily Planet building. It was a nice little thing. That's what I would do every day if I could fly. <laughs> it's a nice little ending to the to the Jeff Johns run on this. And then Gene uh, Lu and Yang's arc starts, or his run starts next issue. Nice. Really? Yeah. That's, that'll be interesting. He's not drawing that. Obviously. No, he's writing it. I think Ramita's staying on. Okay. So, oh. but this is oh. good. The costume is better, although I, I I don't think I noticed how sort of shoulder patty the the cape was in the last issue. That, yeah, that's that just, part's no good. That's just line placement. <laughs> but uh, it's better, much better. Are you still reading Outcast? I am, but somehow I missed it on this this week's list. Okay, it's been a while. I think they're just coming back from a hiatus. Or did it sort of In break fact, while you were talking during Batman Superman, I, look, I frantically looked it up to make sure you weren't wrong about the release date on this. <laughs> I was like, shit! I'm not, right? No, it was this week. Okay, cool. I was making sure um, it was last week. Well, you know, as a result, when I started it, I was like, what the hell was happening? Because it, it has been a little while. Basically, at the end of this issue, they sort of... The, the preacher guy and, and the, the main guy... I don't know anyone's name in anything anymore. This is just a thing that's gone. Like, they... You sort of get what their mission is gonna be at the, um, at the end of this issue. Yeah, and and I like that. I mean, it, it's almost like it's almost like what would happen at the end of a TV pilot. Um, also, this is going to television, um, which is not a surprise at well, all. I really, I've really liked this. I've this, but this at the same time, it's also a book I tend to fall a few issues behind on. And then I read a bunch in a row to catch up. That's why I asked you if you were still reading, because this seems like the kind of thing that you would just say, oh, "I'll just read these trades." I would, but you know. We have a show to do. I've also, yeah, and I also really enjoy it. I love the arts. The Paul's set arts are wonderful. Oh, he is so wonderfully minimalistic. Like he's mm-hmm. just letting his lines do the talking, and and you know the the colors are filling in the backgrounds, and it, it's really nice. It's a uh, Betty Brightwiser on colors. Yeah, and, uh, it's a great great team. I I, I, I haven't really liked it. I know people who don't, but I I when I read them in a row, I really like the characters. I love. I think the the Reverend is a great character. Yeah, he's not your typical. Sort of a godly man. He's got his flaws and his faults. But he cares. Like he cares. Like that. He's he's actually faithful. Yeah, you know he actually is, but he also has problems. He which believes. Is great. And yeah. Well, the, this is this is gonna get the very beginning of this. You see, a, you see a lot of that. You get to see um, the dude's sister go back and meet his. I don't know if it's his ex-wife, but the one who he threatened her and the kid. Ex-wife. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're still married or not. How that works. But there's a scene there which is really interesting because they're talking. And, and she talks about their relationship. There's a lot of really good character work here. It's not so much action, but it sort of sets up what we're going to be doing going forward and where things are. And I guess at the end of this, you know, we don't talk about it so much. This doesn't feel, at first glance, like a Robert Kirkman book, tonally, I guess, because there's not much spectacle, I guess. That's the kind of thing, because, you know, Invincible and Walking Dead are both sort of like, they build up to these climax spectacle things, and, right. and that, that's what happens when you move on to the next thing. But he's really good at coming up with groups of characters and how they interact and how their you know, feelings towards each other and their relationships push them and pull them towards each other in a way. It's definitely his strength. I, I think yeah. he takes a lot of flack because he's so successful, but the world building in Walking Dead is wonderful. So is the character building. He's constantly cycling in new characters. I find them all <laughs> interesting. Invincible is... I mean, Still going. it's an amazing world he's created and characters yep. he's created there. And I feel the same way about the characters in Outcast so far. There's yeah. only a handful of them, but I really like them. And it's it's really low key, and and you know it's kind of it's a it's a good book. And here and here's here's the end of the whole thing. The big he doesn't need to do this book. Huh. No, he could have he could no. have had 
Right. He could have had this idea and gone directly to network, 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 and one of them would have said, yeah, we'll make a pilot out of it. Like, they would have. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to do this comic book. But he's doing it. Right. And he's doing it well. And I think that that, regardless of how successful he is, I think that that's, uh, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. So there. This episode is brought to you by Scribd. Scribd is like Netflix or comics. With a subscription, you'll get access to more than 10,000 comics from Marvel, IDW, Top Shelf, Valiant, Dynamite, Archie, and more. They're the only subscription service that gives you the variety all for one monthly price. On top of that, you'll also get unlimited access to their huge library of ebooks and audiobooks, more than 1 million titles altogether, all available anytime, anywhere. So head over to scribd.com slash ifanboy to get started with a free month of access. And even more importantly, Scribd makes sure you can find your way to comics and books you're going to love. They've got hundreds of collections curated by their team of editors. And as you read, they'll tailor recommendations for you based on other titles you've loved or not. I assume that's where the infamous rating comes in. Ratings. Go to scribd.com slash ifanboy right now, and they will set you up with a free month to get started. at 30 days of unlimited reading. And you'll be supporting this show, so it's a, no, it's a win-win situation. It's not a no-win situation. <laughs> it's, it's a, a no-win win situation. situation. <laughs> that's, Those are they're bad advertisers. That's <laughs> scribd.com slash ifanboy. And uh, ever since digital comics started, people have always said, well, when is somebody going to do a Netflix-style thing? Well, Scribd uh-huh. script has done it. So there you go. And 30 days, that's not a small thing. That's that's a good. That's you can a good read a trial. lot of comics in thirty days. Yeah, you can. Thirty days is a good trial. I'm like, like Hulu was like a week, and I was like, eh. Yeah, I know. mean, it's like when you go to a buffet and you're like, listen, listen, your free buffet. I'm gonna make you regret this. <laughs> you could do that with your your thirty day free trial for script. You can get a good feeling for that. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I'm guessing, you know, it works like this. The more people, the more people that sign up, the more people that go try that. They're gonna enable them to get more content. That's so, correct. The more users they have, the more likely they'll get like DC on board. And so, do you remember? Do you remember like when Netflix streaming started? It was like, who's not much there? You know, well, there is now. Well, there's <laughs> so, still not much there. There's I've never run out of stuff. Well, that's because you like watching documentaries and, and obscure TV shows. If you want to watch movies, there's nothing there. I, yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with everything you just said to me. <laughs> I don't go there for the movies. I get the discs for the movies, or I rent them from the Apple TV directly. All right. Uh, I saw Nightcrawler. That was a very Los Angeles movie. <laughs> so I, I, I almost fell out of my chair to find that you were still reading Cyclops. Well, it's good. <laughs> I had to tell, I told John Lehman on the social network, and that guy's got an ego like a house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know what? I can't believe I'm still reading this. And I read, uh, I read his first issue after Greg Rocca left the series. It, like the fact that I was reading a, a Cyclops a series at all mm-hmm. uh, was was uh, was something. And I thought that Layman really took the reins and, and made it interesting and fun going forward. I'm still reading. I'm still enjoying it. I think the handle on the characters is is still very good. I don't know that the relationship between the father and the son is quite as specifically crafted, but they are still off having pirating adventures. And there's, you know, there's there's. Girl pirates and girl, all sorts. Girl woman pirates. Girl woman pirates. No, there's a there's a love there's a love triangle twist problem uh, that's happening. And and uh, this is issue eleven. Is it the last issue? Nope, twelve is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, this is me. Yeah, last issue. Whatever. <laughs> no, there's one more issue because I said that, and then he was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's over though." And I was like, "Sorry, John." <laughs> um, but I, no, I've 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 really dug it, and it's been it's one of those things like that we get every once in a while where on a sort of unexpected series you get a run of 6 to 12 really sort of fun issues and that for me that's enough of that kind of thing like I don't want this to go on forever right but I've really enjoyed it and and I I, I didn't drop off after Rucka left out like I thought I would so it's been good 
And, and I think you should read those issues because if you liked it before, you'll still like it. So if you've been reading the Batman Endgame story in which the Joker has released a virus throughout Gotham and everyone's affected like Joker zombies and been wondering, hey, what's been going on with everybody else in, the D- in Gotham? Because in their own books, they seem fine. Uh, DC is doing a bunch of Endgame one-shots. This was Batgirl Endgame number one in which uh, we see what Batgirl's been up to during this time. And it's... Uh, Written by the regular creative team over at her book of Cameron Stewart and Brendan Fletcher, but drawn by an artist named Bengal, one one name like Cher or Madonna, like or the, like the like the tiger, Bengal, yeah, same, yeah, same way. And uh, I've never heard of this artist, but he or she is awesome. Are you sure it's not a tiger? If it's a tiger, even better. <laughs> and I think DC should have done a better job of promoting that. Drawn by a tiger, you will not believe your eyes. It's great. I'm sorry. It has a little bit of an animated manga-esque feel at times, but really wonderful. And the issue itself is a silent issue in which Barbara is trying to rescue a girl trapped on a bus surrounded by a sea of Joker uh, zombies. And really great action, great storytelling. As I was reading this, I was like, who is this artist and where are they going to be next? Because this is really fantastic to look at. And uh, great action sequences, great storytelling through facial expressions. And as Batgirls want to do, lots of use of uh, technology, phones, and texting, and things yeah. like that. So really, really fun issue. If you're, the fa- if you're a fan of the Batgirl comic, and you didn't check this out uh, because it wasn't part of that you know, run, I would rec- highly recommend it. It's written by the same team, total same feel, and a really fun issue. Batgirl in game number one. I am going to update the folks uh, who are following along with me on Alex and Ada. I don't, I don't know that there's many of you, but uh, I'm still really, I get really excited when this comes out. This is one of the, I think it's Joshua Luna's robot love story. And this is the issue where, uh, where the hammer drops and, and you're like, all right, well, now they can be happy. No, everything's nope. gone. It, which is exactly what's supposed to happen in drama and it gets me every time. It's like, <laughs> oh, can't we just let them be happy for a little while? Can't we just let them play house? I would read that. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Government's coming after them. You know, the, the characters have gone on the run. And it's just, it's just real good robot fiction. It's like, uh, you know, that, that sort of near future. Uh, here's the robots. They, they are thinking for themselves. How do we deal with it? Society's scared. Well, kill them all, obviously. You're the bad guy in the story now. From a certain Gosh, point of view. The robots are thinking for themselves. We're done for. They're what gonna- if she's really pretty and vaguely Asian? <laughs> A lot of people are going to like that. I'm just saying, man. We're toast. You make sense. I, I got I to be honest. You know, from a – this is sort of a conservative liberal thing. Like, I'm like, well, you're talking sense. You know, they're, they're just machines. But we made them like that, Connor. First we gave them all of our jobs, and then we gave them our sex bot work, and then all of a sudden there's nothing else for us to do. Here's the thing. If the sex bot work is the line – we're fucked. <laughs> because people are going to be like, no, we totally shouldn't do that. All right, I'm going to try it once. And that'll be it. Oh, like, absolutely. 100%. I used to watch those Star Trek uh, Next Generation episodes. I'm sorry, the Deep Space Nine ones where they had the holodeck rooms that were used as sex rooms. And I was like, no one would ever come out of those rooms. No one would ever. Cause we no can't... one would ever come out. I mean. Until their credits ran out. We've all seen what, what internet pornography's done. <sighs> oh, boy. Well... Speaking of, Red One, number one, is another image number one issue because the, the Dotsons rolled into the office and they said, hey, you want a number one book? And they said, all right. They didn't even, they didn't even ask for it. They just <laughs> came by. They were going to have lunch. 
So this and they're is, like, all right, so what's your number one going to be about? Uh. <laughs> so this is uh, the, the premise of this book is, is somewhat similar to uh, The Americans. And then they allude to that in the end. I, I, started, I started watching that this week. It's good, right? You were right. It's fantastic. I like it a lot. It's really good. So uh, they, they allude to this in the back issue essay, which I guess comes with the new series. You also have to write the essay. In which they, so they started working this book years ago before it became a, a thing to have a TV show about Russian spies in the, 80, in the 80s. This is about a Russian superhero spy in the 70s. This is uh, Russia sends over one of their best agents to act as a superhero in America because there's some uh, vigilantes running around with costumes in America and they figure they can subvert America through this, this manner. So they send over their tallest, prettiest, most buxom most badass woman to be a superhero called Red One in America in the 1970s. And uh, this is drawn by the Dodsons, Terry and Rachel, written by Xavier Dorison, or Xavier Dorison, who I had to look it up, is French, and I had to look it up is because this was clearly a book written by a European non-English speaker. Oh, really? Because it was, I had a lot of idioms that were wrong. Like, the, there's a beat cop in DC who calls the movies the cinema, and the language was kind of stilted in that way. But and did that make you enjoy it less? It detracted from it a bit. Mm-hmm. It took me, I mean, the cinema thing took me right out of it. I was like, wait a second, that, that's not something anyone would ever You are say. the one who will go to the cinema, yeah? <laughs> yeah exactly. So, but it was fun still. Even Every, with the everyone problems. was smoking. <laughs> I mean, this is 1977 Los Angeles. She goes. Three quarters to, of the book took place at a cafe, which was weird because not a lot of those in LA. So um, it's a bit of a throwback in that it's a sort of a, a cheesecakey a little bit, but it's a, but it also feels like something Jimmy Palmieri would write. So it's not completely out of place in modern. I kind I kind of looked through it and was like, I don't think I'm gonna like that. Yeah, I don't think you would like this, but I did kind of like the Russian uh, spy aspect of it. So yeah, I, I, that's yeah. why I checked out this issue. How much baguette would you say was in it? I give this issue three baguettes. All right. Three out of five baguettes? Three out of five baguettes with brie on it. Oh. <laughs> it's really interesting. I can't really figure out if this is like a satire because it opens up with a movie premiere, but it seems like it's a premiere for a porn film. And then when she visits the movie set on a lot later on, they're shooting a porn, but it's on like a studio lot. Uh, so I couldn't figure out if this is some sort of... That's so, the French influence again. If it's also some sort of cultural satire in America and like the, all the films are yeah. porn films or... Just everything's sexy. Everything's sexier in French. Yeah. I never understand that. It it's all sexy. It's a really strong Terry and Rachel Dodson book. I don't, I'm trying to figure out how they're doing this and also doing Princess Leia, but mm. uh, or how long they're oh, actually going to be doing I forgot this. forgot to put that on here. It's okay. It was fun, but not great. I feel like whenever there's a writer who's not English-speaking or from Europe, they need to have an editor who looks over the dialogue. And You're stuff. kind of... I mean, but you're kind of a xenophobe. I mean, if we're going to be honest. Well, I hate everyone that's not American, obviously. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But and, just and things like maybe someone should just look over the idioms, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. That's all. So, are you still reading Zero, no, or I did d- you I go dropped, trade? I, I dropped. Or did you drop went, off when the alien showed up? I went up? to trade, and then I dropped off. Okay, see, I think that when the alien showed up, they were like, that was dumb, and we're never going to mention it again. That's what I'm <laughs> hoping for anyway, because that's sort of what it feels like. However... If you really like William S. Burroughs, mm-hmm. this is the issue for you. Because it's basically William S. Burroughs. <laughs> it is. It's not even basically, because Allen Ginsberg shows up too as he writes a story that has something to do. I don't know, because I couldn't read it and I couldn't finish it. 
Yeah, I just that that's an, that's what ended up happening with me with most of those these issues for those sites. I've I've hung on a long time and I've really liked all of it and they all seem to be related and they're all like I ha- you have to give Aleshcott I assume he's doing it uh, credit for putting together a new team you know new art he finds a new interesting artist for almost every issue mm-hmm. there aren't rep- like he's that's a that's a monumental production job in addition to just writing it right. you've got you've got Jordy Belair and Clayton Cowles there to sort of hold it down and keep that consistency and you know each issue gets written for that artist it feels like or at least you know it's done in a different style and this was just this was i was like oh we're over the line of a thing but also because it's it's burrows you know like there's all these you know drug nightmare hallucination fantasy things and at the end you know there's a whole thing about burrows shot his first wife and he's obsessed with guns and yeah. <laughs> I, was so, I was so like I really look forward to this this series and this one I just I couldn't do it. It was it was a little like oh this is this is the kind of stuff that you know it's only done for a very small amount of people and I'm glad that they get a chance to do it. But I was like come on get on with it. Yeah, I I, just, I, I think I just missed the story that was I don't know I just fell off of it. Yeah, it's I mean it is. I was it is, really liking it for the first. It has genuinely years. been been pretty good, and there's you know there's been some really wonderful art that's had a lot to do with it. But there's been a through line. There's a story we're following the Zero guy, Edward Zero, I think is his name. You know, like he's been I don't know what the hell I couldn't read it. Like it was I can't read Burroughs, so I can't read Kerouac. I I don't get it. It's not my thing. The only it's, Zero I want to follow is Zero Mustel. Yeah, springtime for Hitler. I really like to make the show as relatable to the kids as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, they weren't trying. They weren't going for that with zero. <laughs> I mean, I barely know who Burroughs is. I was like, oh man. All right, let's do it. Well, there are, there are a uh, bunch of trades out for it. That's true. Where could one get those? He asks himself, knowing that he will answer. You could head over to ifanboy.com/slash/amazon uh, to purchase hard goods. Uh, and and in doing so, by using that link, a uh, portion of your purchase will go to support. The, the program you are listening to and the upkeep of our vast archive of materials. Also for digital goods there, my friend. I know. That's actually true. I wanted to use the word hard goods is what it was. <laughs> I, gotcha. I buy I buy my music from Amazon mm-hmm. because uh, they went to MP3 first. Yes, I, I do as well. And it drops it automatically into the iTunes, so it's all good. And we need these sometimes to use these songs on the show, so I need them to be MP3. Yes. So if you do that, that's a really easy way to support the site. Uh, just make that, make the Amazon link on there your shortcut and and the, you're helping us without even knowing it which is really helpful if you would like to be even more direct if you would like to take part directly and send a little something our way there is ifanboy.com slash registration um, for three bucks a month or 30 bucks a year uh, you can contribute directly to the costs of the show and the stuff we do and, and it's just a way for uh, the audience to say we really appreciate what you guys are doing and we want you to keep doing it so here's a little something to help do that or you can donate anything that you would like there are costs associated with it and also it's a really good gauge that uh, that people are still engaged and obviously we we appreciate it so much so that's how you do that and thank you to everybody uh, who has contributed in any way that they can exactly let us do some audience questions let's try andrew who says had this one basic idea if robert kirkman was attached to a book from the big two which would you like it to be p.s if possible what artist would you like to see accompanying kirkman on the book okay so What's the first thing you thought when you read this? Well, my first thought was, Andrew, in the realm of fantasy, anything is possible. We can certainly, <laughs> we can certainly come up with an artist for this fantasy book. Yes, but, I mean, the thing <laughs> I thought was, this happened. Yeah, he did a lot of books for the big two. I, and, I, and now I realize that time has actually moved on, and you, sometimes you think of a person as they were, 
and realize that if somebody came along to comics in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. 10 years, they're not going to know that that was like Kirkman. Kirkman was the guy who was following the path where he did his own book and then said, right, now I can do work at Marvel, where I've always wanted to, because I wanted to write Spider-Man. And he did. He was at Marvel, and he did a bunch of stuff, and he thought, I don't want to work at Marvel anymore. I'm just going to do my own thing. And in doing so, changed the way that comics are exist today. Changed the game. He did. He was mm-hmm. absolutely right. This is, I, I'm like, and I wonder if this counts as history now, in that he came up with a manifesto. He said, you know, we should, we should work for ourselves. We should do the thing. And a lot of people followed suit, and now Image looks like it does. But he was at Marvel he did <laughs> for a five while. Issues, five issues of Captain America. He did an yeah. issue of Daredevil. He did a couple of Civil War tie-ins. Irredeemable Ant-Man. He did Hulk. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff there. He did a whole Marvel team-up book, didn't he? Marvel. Yes, Marvel team-up. That's right. And he had like the ring, I think. Yeah, was he did the uh, 25 issues of Marvel team-up, which was his book, a book specifically for him as the hot indie creator. He did, of course, Marvel Zombies since he was the hot indie creator with the he hot, was on uh, Ultimate with the, with the hot X-Men zombie book. He did, yeah, he was one of the writers that couldn't make yep. Ultimate Ultimate X Men work, X Men books, X Force. I mean, he did yep. a lot of Marvel work. You think of a Marvel character, he's probably written them. The Punisher. Yeah. So for me, it's difficult to answer this question, and I'm not trying to be evasive. Unless you want to put him on a DC character, because he doesn't look he's done any DC work. Yeah, I know, but like to me, he epitomizes the guy who decided not to do that. Right. Is, is my point. Like, he, he, loves, he loves that stuff, and he walked away from it. So to sort of fantasize putting him on a, on a big two book, it's really, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I have a hard time answering that. Was there a DC thing that you thought he would be good for? His best work, by the way, has always been his own stuff. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't love almost any of that stuff that he did. I, I enjoyed right. the team-up book because it was kind of wacky and weird, and he had a lot of... Didn't he have a lot of indie artists? Or was it, what was that? Bennett? Yeah, they had great artists all throughout that, and and he definitely brought his own flavor to it. And I thought that that's where he shined the most. I don't know. I mean, it's a hard question, honestly, because then the other thing, you know, he was he was you know he he brought his own artists, and he's definitely got his own style. I can see but, him doing like Doom Patrol, but that's sort of the default sort of indie creator book anyway, because they're so weird. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. But I feel like like he did. If you read Marvel Zombies, like he actually could write all those characters really well. But he could also sort of take the piss with them a little, a lot. Mm-hmm. He was good at that. It was almost, it was almost like, and I don't think that these writers are similar. But it was almost like every once in a while, Garth Ennis would do like a Superman or something like that. Right. And it was really interesting and funny, but you wouldn't want it all the time. No. And that's how I was with Kirkman on that stuff. Like you'd like, oh, his take on it was kind of cool, but I don't want an ongoing of that. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we kind of sidestepped that one, but I thought it was really interesting to look at in the context of, of sort of the history of that creator. Let's um, read two emails back-to-back because back they're on the same subject. Troy writes and says, This past week I added the upcoming Secret Wars series event to my pull list. I did this out of nostalgia for the past, which is probably a bad reason, but there it is. I started reading comics through the G.I. Joe as a kid in the 80s, but it was Secret Wars 2 in 1985 that pulled me into superhero comics. I went on from this to track down the original Secret Wars series, which I really loved. I still have a special place in my heart for the first Secret Wars because this first in- uh, introduced me to the idea of continuity and the shared timeline in the Marvel Universe. I was in the fifth or sixth grade at the time. Through this, I started reading Avengers, X-Men, and other titles. Thus, when this new Secret Wars was announced, I had to give it a shot. When one of my buddies got married a few years back, I included a set of the original Secret Wars as his wedding gift because he and I spent so much time reading them and talking about them. I've been listening to the podcast for a couple of years now, and I really enjoy it. I've not heard you discuss the original Secret Wars... So I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. I would also be curious to hear what you think about the upcoming series. I brace myself for disappointment, but I'm hoping for coolness. Justin writes, 
what the fuck is Marvel doing? <laughs> Everyone is reading the solicits and is extremely confused. I've been doing some digging and I know what tie-ins are related to each monthly book, but this is a lot. Are we expected to buy all of these? The irony of beginning a new volume of Star Wars is Marvel owns the right to say, I have a bad feeling about this, which would be the subtitle for Secret Wars. So uh, To be young again. It was really funny because these two emails literally came in back to back. Yeah, yeah. They so were I read right. one of them, and then I read this, I read Troy's, and then I read Justin's, and then I laughed because it was a, such a funny tonal shift. But uh, first of all, I really like Troy's wedding gift to his friend. Mm-hmm. I think if they really bonded over that series as a as kids, are, then that's really cool. To present that to him as a, a wedding gift. The original issues, I think that's cool. Yeah. Also, Secret Wars. I can't believe he came into Secret Wars two, which is among the worst comics ever made. Do you remember? Well, yeah, no, because I, no, I never read no, any of stuff. Well, you've cut me off. It was, it, we did a video about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Augie, Dabliak, Jim Ruchkowski video, the, the infamous mini we did on the Secret Wars 2. So in putting that, book, that video together, I had to read through that, those old books to find the proper art. And mm-hmm. it's just incomprehensible mess. It's, it's shooter unhinged. Completely. Secret Wars, uh, the first one. I really like. I have the omnibus. I reread it. Um, it's gorgeous. In fact, yeah, the Mike Zeckart for the most part. Um, fun fact: the reading it in my bed at two in the morning once, the, the omnibus led me to start the Great Moments of Comics History feature on the website because I was a panel of Iron Man catching Captain Marvel and saying something about never dropping that kind of talent. And that's I immediately got out of bed, scanned that, scanned that panel, and set it to go live on the website the next day. That was the start of that whole series because of that book. But I really like that as a time capsule, as a look at those characters. I think the I still think the story is pretty pretty fantastic and fun. The art's wonderful. And it really was one of the first times you had you had that universe spanning all the characters together story. And it really all I mean it, it happened before, but this was really one of the first major things where it tied into all the books and there was a toy line. The toy line came first. Um, but uh, I that's liked... how we got into those comics, by the way. Yeah, because they were the toys that didn't move and had those stupid shields. But they were the best thing we'd ever had. Lenticular it, shields. You know... Oh my god, are you kidding? When those toys came out, along with the superpowers ones, it was yeah. like every prayer I had as a kid was answered. Yep. Even though their hands, little, arms. Little did you know that you would literally be buried by a glut <laughs> of, of thousands of them. So I have nothing but good memories life. of Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I find with that as a kid. It's just before. It was literally just before my time, and it wasn't a thing that I ever had to go back to read. Like, I had the toys and everything, but I didn't. I wasn't reading comics then. Right. And then the other way to look at it is the other one, which is, I don't know. I I have I have a hard time. I, like, if you don't want to read it, don't. I guess. I don't. I don't have a problem backing up from Marvel if I'm not digging what they're doing. But I mean, I would say to you to do what I do. In, in You're talking like, to Justin now. I'm talking to Justin. The other guy, he's saying, hey, I'll hope for the best, whatever. But actually, this applies to both of them. Read the first one. If you like it, this, it's going to be available. They're going to order a lot of them. Read the first one. If you like it, read more. And then, you know, the same thing that you can always do. Marvel's smart. They're not, they're not going to put out a thing where you literally have to read everything. They're going to make it seem like you do, but you can follow the things that you want to, and you can pick up the threads on the other stuff that you want to, or follow the creator, or the character, or whichever. And if not, then uh, you save yourself a little money over time, uh, get some back catalog stuff, and read something you really enjoy instead. Yeah, well, the tough thing for, for about Secret Wars, the end of Con- Convergence, or whatever DC's called, which is the same exact story, is that they're, they're both taking over the entire lines. Mm-hmm. So, you know... 
if you're a comic fan and you're into this stuff, and then they both the, both those stories are stopping. Uh, well, I guess they're not stopping. As Marvels is leading into this, which is changing everything, and DC's yeah. is. Whatever. But that's the world we live in now. Yeah. I mean, this is this is the way of things. It's going to happen now. It's going to happen every two, three, four years. This is this is the current business model. This is the deal. And what I'm saying is, if you don't want to do it, totally cool. If you don't buy stuff, they'll learn. Oh, this doesn't work. And if, but this, there's always comics to read. There's so many comics. Mm-hmm. If you know, you go back and re, you know, like lots of people are like, oh, I'd really like to go back. Go back and read stuff you really love. Like, there's not. You don't have to. You don't have to be uh, at a loss for comics. You just could. You could just not do this thing. And if it makes you angry, then definitely don't worry about it. Read something else. Yeah. If it makes you angry, don't read it angry. Just don't read it. Yeah. Reading it, ang- they don't care if you read it happy or angry, as long as you read it. Angry. <laughs> it's honestly, it's the same effect for them. Yes, the it same is. Same three dollars into the store's pocket, and then however many dollars into the company's pocket. Yeah, a purchase is a yes vote. Mm-hmm. So, you know, vote that way. And I know that there's all sorts of intricacies in how the direct market works and blah 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 and all that. But you know, there's not there's nothing there's no, there's to be mad about, man. <laughs> it's fine. I and you know what. I don't know what they're doing because I haven't. I guess it's that everybody's reading this list. It's, I'm not. I haven't. Re- I don't. You know, I'll, I'll, the week that it comes out, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to. I'm going to judge it when I read it, and then I'll decide if I want to keep going. You should probably do the same thing. That's what I would suggest. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or call our voice line at eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. I think this is the first time I realized there's two six two six back to back. Hmm. Three two six two six nine seven. That is fascinating broadcasting, Connor. Tell us who you are, where you're from. Keep it around thirty seconds. That's how you get to be part of the show. And so now we can talk about our big WonderCon announcement. The news uh, broke earlier this week. We posted it on our website and our social media. You might have seen it there, but in case you haven't, we will be at WonderCon on Sunday, April fifth at twelve thirty. We will be hosting the Spotlight and Darwin Cook panel in room two. 13. And the big news is that it's an iFanboy reunion because Ron Richards will be joining us on the dais. It'll be me and Josh and Ron hosting something together. In fact, it will be me and Josh and Ron in the same room together for the first time in almost three years. Is that really true? Yeah. Hey. I was talking to Ron about it the other day. We couldn't figure out when the last time we were all in the same room together. We think it was San Diego 2012. Yeah, that's probably about right. I mean, like, I have seen both of you separately We a see lot. each other all separately. I just saw you, and I saw before that, I just saw Ron. Yeah. And we talk all the time, but... Our our relationships have been largely virtual for a long time, so it's hard to hard to say. So come by uh, WonderCon Sunday the fifth, room two thirteen at twelve thirty. Hey, you can see us awkwardly in the same room together for the first time. Although we'll see each other the other day before. It's not. So. I don't think it will be awkward. <laughs> no. Um, and then you can come see us talk to Darwin Cook, and Darwin Cook will most likely make fun of us, especially Ron. Well, I want to I want to go ahead and I, I feel like we should give credit. Like Darwin's the one who made this happen. That's true. Darwin Cook, he had a spotlight panel booked, and he said, I want the iFanboys to host it, and I want the original three. And we said, all right. I don't, I don't know that I've ever received a more flattering compliment uh, in our time doing this. And I, I just I want to put that out there because – Regardless of, of the fact that we're going to do this and that's going to be fun, and I am super looking forward to it, I mean, I think I, we, ha- we hold Darwin's work in such remarkable esteem. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, who's the, who's, like the, who's the premier cartoonist in comics right now? Who's the, the best guy? And I'm going to say Darwin every time. Yep. So to have, you know, that guy be the, want us to come do that thing, and it, it'll, be t- it'll be totally fun, uh, you know. That's so cool. I'm really excited about that, and uh, I'm very proud of it. Please come out. It'll be fun to see Darwin fans there and our fans and be confused about each other and what everyone's doing here. So <laughs> 1230, 
the Sunday the 5th, WonderCon, room 213, the Spotlight on Darwin Cook panel will be there. And come by and say hi. It'll be fun. I don't know what we're going to do yet, but... I can tell you one thing. I'm going to be on the road for a while, and I do not have enough clothes for that. So <laughs> I might be... Who's the hobo standing next to the sideburn guy? Oh, that's, Well, you know... That's Josh. You can do laundry in my place if, if we want to do that. Wow. Crazy. Check it out, WonderCon. The information is all on our website, too. There's a post there, which includes... All of the video interviews we've done with Darwin, which are fun, so you can get a sense of what the tone will be. Yeah, we're all we're all slightly scared of him, so it's always uh, he's it's always going to be slightly intimidating. He's not a lightweight. It'll That's be what fun. I'm saying. It'll be fun. Check that out at ifanboy.com. Also, go to ifanboy.com and comment about this show. Talk about this week's books. Talk about books we didn't get to talk about or books we did get to talk about. All of our other podcasts are there, and you can follow us at. Facebook.com slash iFanboy and at iFanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan and at C.S. Kilpatrick. If you like us, the show, what we do, you could uh, feel free to write a review on iTunes or you could share the good news about the program with your friends and, and associates, uh, both on the Internet and in real life. Let us know how we're doing like that. And uh, if, you, if you like a show or something was good or, or something is relevant to somebody's interest from our vast back catalog of content, um, that stuff's all still there for your enjoyment. I just watched. Uh, I just watched an interview that I did with uh, Garth Ennis in a long time ago. <laughs> I, I remember. I remember prepping for that interview. You gave me a great opening line, which was hands down the best part of the entire thing. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I watched it with. I was like, I'm really afraid to watch this. And it rated first. I was like, oh. We were bad at this. <laughs> we, <laughs> but then it was. I was like, you know what? No, we're, no, we were, we were. I was. I was happy with it. It was pretty good. But there was definitely there's like a, there's a two minute ad in the beginning. Oh, forget that. Show's sixteen minutes. We got a two minute ad in the beginning of like Gordon doing a skit, <laughs> and that was a mistake. Now the other problem is that we didn't know how to title things. We just called it Boys because it was about boys. So I couldn't find it. I was like Connor, I can't find our show. Where is it? He had to show me. We lived and learned. What do you? Oh want? boy. <laughs> Yeah, that was early. That was the first year. So young. That was the first year of the show. So we were still a little green. Yeah. So anyway, where are we in the script? We're at the end. We're done. Thank you. That's it for this week's show. We'll be back next week uh, with more comics (laughs) talk. And uh, you're supposed to get better at this. Yeah. Well, I wasn't. What are we doing? I no longer was looking at the script. I was looking at I was looking at the revisions through websites to find the 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 episode. Oh, you were just you were distracted. Yeah. You got something going. You know. Had a guy who used to not pay attention, and look what happened to him. The thing about the <laughs> he went up. Well, we stayed the same. The thing about uh, the three man show versus the two man show is I could always just zone out whenever you and Paul were talking about a book I didn't uh-huh. have any interest in. Uh-huh. And I always knew that if I zoned out, someone would pick up the slack. Can I tell you how useful that is in work conference calls? <laughs> At skill. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. If I look. <laughs> You can't put that on a resume, no. but that that is invaluable. That's what I'm saying. Well, next week we'll have some more work tips for everybody. Until then, I'm Connor. <laughs> Josh, that was fun. See you next week. Bye.